Welcome to the Literary License Podcast, King's Horror Episodes, where we dive down in to famous horror writers and their movie counterparts, with your co-hosts, Vicky Ray, Leandro Gazi, Keith Shago, reading horror and watching films, and discussing in full bloody Hello, welcome to the Derisons Podcast. This is our episode 250. Yay! Yeah. And today we're going to be talking about H.P. Lovecraft's From Beyond, the short story, and the film From Beyond from the 1980s. And of course, this is part of our book to screen. And before we get started, let's find out who's with us. We got Vicky Ray with us. Hello, Vicky. Hello, everybody. We got Leandro hey. Gazzi. Hello, Leandro. Hi, hello, everybody. Hello. Craig Johnson. Hello, Craig. Hello, everybody. <laughs> and we got David Grant with us. Hello, David. Hello. I think it's me. Hello. <laughs> so say, don't get too excited there, Craig. Name yourself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you might want to reel it in, Craig. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's parked, Keith. It's okay. No. <laughs> uh, well, fair due to Craig and David. Actually, they're probably one of the only two people who are working today in England due to the Jubilee. So congrats <laughs> yeah. on that. Is there anybody yeah. working in England today? No, no I'm, not, I'm not working. Yeah, I've just been sloshing around. <laughs> You're lucky I even get dressed. So. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, <laughs> yeah. it's like the Banksy statement, you know, I'm open dress. What more do you want? <laughs> yeah, precisely. I took a shower. What more do you want from me? Oh, so... So before we get started, let's find what everyone's been up to. And we'll start off with you, Craig. What have you been up to since last time we spoke together? Last time I've been watching, mm. I, I binge watched Big Boys on Channel 4. It Brilliant. was absolutely laugh out loud hilarious. Yeah, really funny. Um, based on um, the English um, university life and sexuality. And it's, it was actually really quite poignant because... Um, the author it's based on his on his life and it's like a memoir of mm. his of, of um and yeah. it, it, it touches on grief and loss of a father figure and um mm. it was but it but the comedy was really laugh out loud so it was really yeah. good and, I, and then i watched um i binge watched stranger things for like seven hours straight um that was <laughs> then they watch. say we have to wait till july for I know. bastards <laughs> Well, it's only, it's only four weeks away. I mean, come on. Oh, I know, but can't we just, you know, why do they have to make us wait like that? Yeah. yeah. I was told there's one more book. Okay. Ooh. It's like a fifth I, book. Yeah, I don't know. I'm going to have to, I have to go back because I started watching it. I didn't know what the hell was going on. It's been so long since I've seen it. I did too. I had to watch all of season three again so I could. I watched one, two, and three. And <laughs> then, yeah. Yeah. So it's been a bit heavy this week with um <laughs> TV. It's, it's worth the watch though. It's excellent. Yeah. Yeah. I think with this one, I think the reason why this one's a little bit more hard to follow because they're all in different locations, aren't they? Yeah. Before they were all come together, yeah. now they're in different locations. So yeah. and um the girls changed a lot. She looks like a different person. Well, you can't keep these guys young forever. I mean, the last no. time they filmed was 2018, 2019 before COVID. And look at Will. I mean, he's grown as well. I mean, he was yeah. like a little boy. <laughs> and Dusty Buns, everybody's grown. Well, Dusty Buns is um, on Broadway <laughs> at the moment. So Is he really? God love that yeah. kid. He's yeah, got he, some he, kind he, of weird bone disease. And 
And I mean, the kid's just phenomenal for everything he's had to overcome. Yeah. Out of all of them, he is the one that has the most acting experience. He was Gav Rush in Les Mis on Broadway. Did not know that. And now he's doing. Uh, now he's doing. Um, he, then he did that. Um, Dear Evan Hansen. He did that. Now he. Now he's, he's just gone into something else. Can't remember what it was, but he's yeah, he's just going on Broadway again. So. Mm. But, um, yeah. Yeah, so I mean, the only person I don't like in Stranger Things is Wolfgang Beat Me Hard or whatever his name is. That's Wolfgang he, Beat Me Hard. Is I don't that? know. He, he irritates me. <laughs> the he's in everything. It's like he's he does a lot of films outside of. Okay, he's trying like, to think who he is on the show. The person. He's the one that goes out with Eleven. Oh yeah, he can be a little untoothed. And he was also in Ghostbusters Afterlife. And oh like, yeah, that's he right. He was. He was. He was. Okay, I, I yeah, yeah, you're it, right. well, yeah, he just irritates me. I don't know what it is. It's just the way he looks, I guess. <laughs> no, I think it's because I saw him in an interview and he's like really wanky. Well, they're kids. <laughs> well, no, wait, how old are the no, old you know, you know, you know, how you get like kid actors and you get kid actors who are normal and then you get kid actors like Haley Joe Osment, where they, they look like they're kind of like acting too mature for what they should be, you know, sort of yeah. thing. It's like, and he's talking about. You know, saving the planet and saving the world. It's like, fuck, you can't even, you're still in fucking diapers. Get out of it. You know, do whatever. How <laughs> so, dare you? But it's, it's a personal thing. It's okay. Sorry? Anything else you've been up to? Oh, we've got an online exhibition and it's at the Clement James. Um, dot org check check it out online and it's the this is me exhibition based on the the theme was revitalization so yeah. i did a series of just some butterfly shots and david's done That's some right. yeah it's really nice yeah, so crit- yeah photography is really good you know and david's setting up an etsy shot soon well, well um, in progress. craig's craig's putting that together for me it's great um, you know get some photographs on and you're uh, doing something right because you're popping up everywhere on yeah. my social media, so something's working. <laughs> oh, awesome. We're putting ourselves in grow bags and seeding yeah. the world. There you go. <laughs> so, I'm not going to say Keith's thinking dirty thoughts. I am not. Oh, the, well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the more colourful, the better. Once yeah. you pop, you can't. Yeah, once you pop, you can't <laughs> stop. That's right. So uh, any of the uh, bubble wrap comes from Newcastle. It's probably got a uh, pre-COVID sort of uh, destination. Of- Pre-COVID bubble wrap? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't pop that stuff. <laughs> don't touch Pre-COVID bubble wrap. Yeah. There you go. You might not want to wrap yourself up in bubble wrap because people might think you have the monkey pox. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no kidding. You never know what you're getting these days. Oh, yeah. flip it. Actually. Some people pay good money for that. Uh, yeah, that's right. The money yeah. shot. <laughs> <laughs> Pop while you pump. <laughs> and what about yourself, David? What have you been up to? Yeah, yeah. Well, as I say, I've been um, putting this together with Craig. It's really cool. We get some photographs on on this. Uh, it's all a whole new world for me. This Etsy, you know. <laughs> um, but uh, apart from that. We've been sort of like talking about getting some more stuff on uh, my uh, Acid Monk. Uh, it's like the uh, uh, sort of the stuff I'm doing, uh, the songs. That's David's YouTube channel. Yeah, you know, and it's it's great, you know. And then plus, been continuing with the open mic night and uh, with some real talent there last night. It was great fun, you know. Um, some great players, you know. There's a lot of talent out there, you know. 
Mm. You know, it's great. That sounds fun. Mm. I wish you guys were closer. I want to have fun. Oh, I know. It's a- yeah, but, you're, but Vicky, you're old. You break a hip if that's not fun. This is true. <laughs> <laughs> I embrace the madness now. Absolutely. I'll talk about the madness. I was in Camden. We're going down to uh, see this uh, thing last night, and um, it was like uh, just watching the mad parade, you know? Like, I know it's the uh, sort of the Silver Jubilee or... Right. But yeah, platinum. But the Platinum, sorry, forgive pardon. But um, just like, you know, this, the, this like sort of cross-section of humanity, you know, it's just amazing. You've got all these old punk guys, you know, and they're all probably around about 60 now, but they've got gray hair, but they've decided to spray it up a bit red. You know? That is so cool. I'd love to see that, too. I did see that Prince Andrew has COVID conveniently. Aha, uh, uh-huh. the royal special one with Prince Charles and Camilla, and they went, they went to EastEnders. Yes, I saw that. Oh, oh my that god, so cool. I got really emotional for some reason <laughs> when they said, God bless the Queen at the end. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I was, I was so surprised, I didn't know it was that was like a guess. Did anybody know they were going to be on there? Or? Oh, it was a little bit of setup, or I yeah. well. My flatmate does the makeup on it, so I knew so I knew they were going to be on Are EastEnders? Yeah. Ah, that was really yeah, good. Yeah, and they, yeah. they remixed the national anthem into the theme song at the end as well. <laughs> which yeah. I was kind of, it was really People good. looked really like, wow. They really yeah. <laughs> I saw that. That was pretty neat. <laughs> and what about yourself, Leandro? What have you been up to? Um, well, I have... Been in Wales for two days. Wales. Um, we went with the mum of a friend and three more friends and his uncle to do a trekking. Um, I don't know if you remember that uh, last year a friend of mine passed away in a car crash. So we went to do the trekking that he used to do in Wales. Um, oh, nice. We went very with nice. his mum and his mum um, threw scattered the ashes in one of the summits. Very oh. nice. Yeah, so we went out. Uh, we went on. It was two days. Then I have been working my allotment, so now everything is sown and ready to growing actually. Um, and then last week with the choir from school, you know, celebrating the jubilee, we we perform. They have one day, whole day of, of um, activities and, and shows and singing and all that, and we close the um, that celebration. So yeah, it was cool. And then I have been working, and then well, now yesterday and today celebrating, and then chilling tomorrow and, and the day after. It looks like a big party over there. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm jealous. <laughs> but you can celebrate too. <laughs> we well, we don't want to celebrate our leaders. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it's it's quite nice because, to be honest, um, England doesn't really celebrate anything about celebrating being English at all. I mean, there's no day off or anything like that. Right. So when you, when we do get these kind of special things, like either a royal wedding or. Right. It's quite nice. It's like, yay, we can be proud to be ourselves again. Yay. And then we go back to like being ashamed again. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's kind of cool though, because I mean, she's, she's met 14 presidents. She's been there for every war. I mean, she's led a very amazing life. So love her, hate her. I think she's a fascinating person and I think she deserves her Jubilee. 
And um, I hope that she's around for a while longer. But I do hear mm-hmm. she's getting Prince Charles ready to take the reins or what they were saying over here. Well, she, she, wow. she didn't show up for any of the festivities today because um, she didn't want to be seen in a wheelchair. Oh, really? Hmm. Yeah, I saw yeah. her. Well, she was standing at the usual balcony, so I guess she can do that. That's a shame yeah. she can't get around, though. Yeah. yeah. But she's old. Yeah, she's, she's 90 some odd years old. Yeah, 94, I think they said. I mean, when I get when I get her age, I'll probably be in a care home, have it being tossed around from bed to bed by people who don't speak English. So she's doing better than I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, you'll be cussing people out, throwing feces, and spitting at them. Yeah, <laughs> probably. <laughs> I'm bitter now. I can't wait to see how bitter I'm going to be in the next forty years. So. <laughs> what about yourself, Vix? What have you been up to? Not a lot. We've been doing stuff around the house. Scott's home because school's over. Um, Asher's got his little things going on. I've been trying to watch some of the movies that was like Matt, like like Matt always. It's almost like he throws down a gauntlet or something. Like, watch this. I dare you. But um, I did watch. Well, I did binge Stranger Things. And I watched uh, The Mule with Clint Eastwood. I actually like that. It was pretty cool. I, he definitely can handle the old man roles, that's for sure. <laughs> Watch this weird movie called House of Wax, where the entire town is made of wax. Have you ever seen that? Uh, with Paris Hilton. Yes, Paris Hilton. Yeah. And I saw her in it, and I go, I'm going to go for it. I'm going to watch yeah. Paris in this fucking stupid B-movie, you know? But, <laughs> but I think John It's a, it's a remake of the that. Vincent Price classic, isn't it? So Yeah, I, well, it's not like that House of Wax where he's got the people in the box and Vincent Price, you know, she's got, what's her name? Jennifer, wait, what's her name? Paris. She, play, she plays uh, Morticia. Oh, Carolyn Jones. Carolyn Jones, yeah. Where she's scratching the wax off her face and realizes her friend is underneath there. That was the best part of that movie. <laughs> but the one movie that I did watch because I've been meaning to and it finally came to streaming was X. That movie X. And my poor Scott, he was watching it with me. And you know, I am about eyeballs. It was about these, it's like Texas Chainsaw Massacre meets Debbie Does Dallas. That's basically what this movie's about. <laughs> And I mean, it's got its tropes, but it's like the Texas Chainsaw Massacre with the house and the old people. And, you know, I mean, it's got some good kills in it. Like I was telling Keith this morning on the phone, that was okay until they got to the geriatric sex part. Oh. I was just like, that was my undoing. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like think what? I've ever seen geriatric sex before. <laughs> was it like looking at a crystal ball at your future? I mean, I was like, this is awesome for you. Oh my god! I won't even ruin it for you, but you gotta watch it. It's worth the watch. I mean, worth the stream anyway. I, I got a kick out of it. It was it was comedy. It was got it's a gore in it, yeah. and it was so seventies. Ty West is really good at the seventies stuff. I'm pretty sure Ty West directed this. Yeah, he did. All right, and it's so Ty West. It's not even funny. But I was a lot surprised with Ty West too, because you know the makeup of the old people. You know, and it's just like this old. It really is this movie. This old lady wants to get laid so bad. And she kills people. I don't know why she kills people, but she's bad because she ain't getting laid. So he would have been better off if he just got this woman a cabana boy. You know, I mean, it's just it's just worth watching. Just watch it. <laughs> Dave, watch it. It's up your alley. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, it's a fun Brittle. movie. I thought. I thought it was a fun movie. It's everything I expected. But I was not expecting that. People sometimes hold out at me and don't tell me, like, you know, that 
movie we watched? What was that movie? The the oh god, with the the, the dead people, the neck necromantic. Oh, no one warned me about the eyeball scene in that one oh. too. So it's like there's always something that nobody warns me about. And showing actual sexy corpses, yeah. And showing actual sexy. Yeah, that, that besides the actual sexy corpses. I don't, you know, well, she actually left her boyfriend for the dead guy. So what does that tell you? You want to talk about blow to your masculinity, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I'll take the corpse. And funnily enough, that episode's doing really, really well for us. So thank you. I wonder why. That. People actually, yeah. probably, we probably bumped the ratings up on these other, these movies because people's like, wow, I've never, geriatric sex, I'm in, you know? <laughs> There's a market for everything, guys. There's, there's <laughs> life after life after death. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just because there's snow on the roof doesn't mean there's not a fire in the furnace. <laughs> yeah. Well, the old man's going. I'm afraid I'm going to have a heart attack. You won't. You won't. <laughs> it's like Woody Allen said. Woody Allen said, uh, "It causes sex after death. You just don't feel it." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <Okay. laughs> Well, myself, I started watching The Midwitch Cuckoos, which is based on the John Wyndham book, which actually became a movie in the Ooh. 60s called Children which of the Which one was that, Keith? The Midwitch Cuckoo. Yeah. Never that's... heard of it. Oh, it's excellent. Um, you have heard, you've heard of the 1960s film with, um, with George, what's his name? Village of the Damned. Village of the Damned. Oh, yeah, yeah. So it's basically that, but, um, but this one's, that's based on the book, uh, Midwitch. Yeah. Where was that? John Which channel was that on? It's on Sky Max. Okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah. What is it? IMAX? Sky Max. Uh, well, IMAX. Oh, we don't probably, know that. America would probably be on the same channel that you saw Discovery of Witches on. by that okay. by the same people. And then I got a VPN. I'll just find it. Then, of course, The Boys sees the next season starts today on Amazon. It does. I didn't yep. know it started. It does. Oh, yeah, the boys there's a reason today, to live. So. <laughs> <laughs> and then we've been watching like Britain's Got Talent because that's oh, yeah. on at the moment. I love that show. I actually love Britain's Got Talent. It's so much better than over here. Really? I mean, um, it's quite good because no one's because everyone's Botox, none of their eyebrows move. So that's quite interesting. <laughs> so. I wouldn't mind getting a little Botox, but I mean, like Madonna, did you see what she did to her face? She looks like someone just put a plastic bag on her head and just squeezed it really oh, tight. Man. It's like, why do they do that? It, that doesn't look good. Get a little work, get a little nip well, tuck. Embrace she's cha- rose feet. She's been chasing the youth market all her whole life, so I think she's just yeah. You know, before she used to be ahead of the curve, now she's just way behind the curve for sure. Yeah, I kind of feel, so. it's like watching death throws sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> what else have you been and, doing? You did something uh, really cool last weekend. Yep, I went to Manchester and recorded my TED Talk called How We Die, um, which will be out in September. It's being, um, I'll give a shout out, it's being edited in Rome at the moment by Anna Rosa Napoli, who does Dario Argento films. So she's, gonna, she's doing that for me at the moment. And that'll be that out is so exciting. And basically it's a comparison between how we really die played against cinematic death. So basically if there's a beheading or a, stabbing or a gunshot and basically how they show it in the cinema and then basically what in real life what happens and how long it takes for you to die from these kind of incidences. Is this the sort of like sounds like the faces of death only later fair? Um, probably a bit more graphic because I did use, I, I, um, I did go to the 
MI5 and they did give me some um, real crime photos and things like that. Oh, like that. And, and that's interesting. Look at look at Dave's face. Dave's like, no. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we're doing so, but we're using CGI as far as to like show what happens to the body during traumas and stuff like that. So, but that will be out in September. Um, so that was twelve Exciting. hours, twelve hours of recording, and then um, and then I'm going to Cambridge to the crime unit and teaching a class on cannibal killers. So. Yes, I can't wait for that. That I would just, I just love to hear all the information on that one. That's good. That's, that's <laughs> totally. I love that kind of shit. Seriously. Well, it's going to be cannibal killers based on um, using the mythology of vampires and werewolves and how that mythology comes from yeah. and actually comes from cannibals from the 13th and 14th century, and how that's propaganda today, and how um, most all serial killers ha- do have. Do tend to cannibalize their victims and stuff like that. So. Yeah, like Jeffrey Dahmer and those those the crazy um, those yeah, crazy kids. Um, <laughs> in one in one case, you have um, Shagawa, um, a Japanese person who was in France, um, met this e- European woman, killed her, ate her, um, and then became um, a celebrity in Japan, where he's a celebrity today, writing books about how to eat people. So, Flipping those it. Those guys have no filters, man. They have none. <laughs> Well, in France, they let their France is kind of weird. They let him off as he comes from. I mean, he, comes, he came from money anyway. So the interesting right. thing is, is that they agree. Um, France agreed to export him to Japan, and they put him in a mental facility for yeah. about about five six years. And of course, his father got him out after that. I mean, he hasn't killed anyone since then. But I think the oddest thing is that he did become a. Um, celebrated person yeah and then we have then we have the gay the gay couple not the one that's happened recently but we have another one where these two gay people met on the web and um invited the guy over to cannibalize him and the guy agreed to it so now there's a thing how do you agree to something like that where's the mind well, there are there are a lot of cannibal fetishes and stuff like this. I don't know. They don't, you know, where they bite or drink blood. Well, I get like that. that part. I just don't get eating, you know, that. I mean, don't um, you need that for the rest of your life? No, no, you know, not that. This is not the one who ate the penis. This is um, this is another case. Um, this is another case that happened about 10, year, 10, 15 years ago. And the big thing, the big thing when it hit the European courts is, is it murder if someone consents to it or is it assisted suicide? So huh. that's quite an interesting case in itself. That's crazy. Um, Do they think that Americans are crazy? Well, another interesting thing is um, if you look at the vampire folklore sort of thing, basically is most people who, what they found out is that were killing people and drinking their blood, whether it was infant's blood or so on and so forth. What it was is that they were drinking it because they had a disease called puracy where the red blood cell counts weren't um, matching, were counting up forwards and they were separating. And they found with drinking blood, whether it was animal or people, would give them the energy and stuff like this. So that's a real and thing. So that's a real. It, it was a real thing. We do treat it now. It's called hemophilia. <laughs> oh no shit! Um, and but in the day, it's like they would get these cravings, and it would be because of, because of that. And then, and the reason why garlic is a thing between vampires and stuff like that within cannabis during puracy, that garlic has a habit of breaking down red blood cells. It 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 because what it does it raises the white blood cell count, which breaks down the red blood cell count, and so that's the reason why garlic and vampires is a thing today. Learn something new every day. I'm telling you. 
So it's based, yeah. it's based in reality, yeah. See, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's based, and same thing with werewolf. But, um, the top will also deal with the werewolf folklore and stuff like so this. That basically, when the full moon happened, and there at that time, there's not such thing as insane sort of thing. So people would go these insane people would go on killing sprees at that point in time during a full moon because full moon changes the mo- moods and everything and changes the mind. And wow, there's, there's, there's cool, some links. And so basically, they yeah. would. They would go like on a killing spree, or mainly children, women, and young men. Um, and then their clothes would be all torn the next day, and they would have like they kind of blanket out, and that's yeah. where the werewolf floor came in. They said there was a beast growing inside them. So, so basically, the talk will be dealing with um, those kind of things. So that'll be in Cambridge in the end of September, I think. I think it's the fourth week of September. Oh, that's so cool. So, so that's what I'm preparing for at the moment. So very cool, very neat indeed. So what we're going to do now is we're going to cut to Fiery Kitten Podcast, where they'll be talking to you about D&D stories that are available to you if you listen to them now. And they'll be located on all 36 platforms of podcasting, and especially on Spotify, Amazon, and iTunes. Take it away, Fiery Kitten Podcast. Are you itching for a good story? Laughter among friends, maybe even a mystery or two? Well, you're in luck. Fire Breathing Kittens is a standalone Dungeons & Dragons podcast. Each episode is a separate three-hour-long story, like a movie for your ears, so you can listen to these adventures in any order you like. So, join us on a real play D&D quest as we solve mysteries, attempt comedic banter, and enjoy friendship. Fire Breathing Kittens podcast. Fantasy, action, mystery, friendship. Hello, welcome back to the Television Podcast, and we're discussing From Beyond by H.P. Lovecraft, which is a horror genre short story by American writer H.P. Lovecraft, and was written in 1920 and was first published in the Fantasy Fan in June 1934, Volume 1, Number 10. What we're going to do is cut to the synopsis. From Beyond by H.P. Lovecraft, the synopsis. The story is told from the first-person perspective of an unnamed narrator and details his experiences with scientists named Crawford Tillinghast. Tillinghast creates an electronic device that emits a resonant wave which stimulates an infected person's penile gland, thereby allowing them to perceive planes of existence outside the scope of accepted reality. Sharing the experience with Tillinghast, the narrator becomes cognizant of a translucent interdimensional environment that overlaps her own recognized reality. From this perspective, he witnesses hordes of strange and horrific creatures that defy description. Tillinghast reveals that he has used this machine to transport his house servants into the overlapping plane of reality. He also reveals that the effects both works both ways and allows the interdimensional creatures, designants of the alternate dimensions, to perceive humans. Tillinghast's servants were attacked and killed by one such interdimensional entity, and Tillinghast informs the narrator that it is right behind him. Terrified beyond measure, the narrator pulls out his gun and shoots at the machine, destroying it. Tillinghast dies immediately thereafter as a result of proxy. The police investigate the scene and is placed on record that Tillinghast murders the servants in spite of the remains never being found. And as the synopsis of H.P. Lovecraft's from beyond. Hello, welcome back to the Journalist Podcast, and we're discussing From Beyond, the short story by H.P. Lovecraft. And starting with you, Leandro, what are your thoughts of From Beyond by H.P. Lovecraft? Uh, mm-hmm. Well, 
First, um, I, w- I went to get the book from the library, and I really enjoy the book that I um, that I got because it was a complete collections of, of all the novels. Yeah, um, the book was really big and heavy. Um, we we have all the pages in silver, so all the display of the the cover was really really interesting. Uh, was looking like kind of like um, like a magic book, you know, for uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> charms, you know, <laughs> really oh, interesting. Um, like a and, and it. <laughs> and have a note <laughs> when you open the first page saying, "Please read this book with with care," because it was looking like it was like an expensive uh, book. <laughs> so I read the story and I really really enjoyed. It hasn't happened with several books that I have read. So for me, that means that this author that I have never read before must be really, really good. The story is short. It's not really, really long. But what I found, like, I read, I don't know, 10 sentences, and I could have a really clear picture of, of what was going on in my head. Now, you know, sometimes, like, we have we have uh, read before, for example, Moby Dick, that... To get to the point, they pass you through a ten, 28 different things to say, oh, no, the man got a cup of coffee, right? No, this was, go- this was going to the point, really clear, really, you can get the idea of where every, everything was happening and really, really good. I really enjoyed the story. Um, was it quite nice to read something short for a change? Yes. <laughs> oh, my God, I know. I, got, I was like, I read it like... I was reading it last night, and I just go, and then it comes the end, and I go, no shit. That was that <laughs> was the last... other four hundred pages. I feel short changed. It was nine ninety nine, and it was twenty pages long. Yeah, but it was a pound a page. I... You know. <laughs> <laughs> well, hold, hold hold on to your HP Lovecraft because not yes. next season, but the season after that, we will cover Reanimator, which is another HP Lovecraft as well. Oh yes, yes, cool. Um. Okay. Yeah, I really, really enjoyed the story, how it's written, um, really dynamic. Um, yeah, I really enjoyed it. Um, it gets right to the point. Yes. I mean, it, I mean, it, it's, it's a short story that just hits it and runs. I mean, if you're, uh, I mean, you don't, I mean, here you are and here's the story. All in the first paragraph, it starts. Yeah, I don't know. For me, I was really surprised because I was reading, I was going along and I thought, hold on. I just read, I don't know, maybe 10 sentences, right? Yeah. Really, really not, nothing that you realize, you know, it's really, really well written, you know, like clear, really to the point. You get all the image, everything is fa- uh, passing, happening uh-huh. really fast. And I imagine it must be really, compl- well, really hard. Imagine um, you must have to be a really good author, to, you know, to choose the wise word to describe something, yeah. not not go into, into eternal details about how is the place, right? But when you use the, the accurate words, you can get the image straight away. Mm. So, yes. I believe for me, the it was written time, in 1920, yes. yeah, and yeah, it was yeah. published in 1934. Yeah. So I imagine that must, must be really, really good um, author. I haven't, I, I haven't read anything else about this this person, but I was surprised. Yeah. You know it's what probably I the only story that hasn't doesn't have misogyny and racism in it. Right. <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> yeah, but you know the one thing about his story. One I like, thing I found I like Lovecraft. I thought that he was going to be very complex to read, but he isn't really that complex to read. I mean, he I really a, actually like the Cabal stuff. I mean, you know, I'm, he, he does have some complex stuff. Um, whether you're looking at the Witching House or if you're looking at um, what's the other one, the Witching House, and there was another. Oh, one the out. one about the sea, the sweet, the the sea dwellers sort of thing. Um. Because because a lot of it, some not all of his stuff, but some of his stuff is very, um, it's very image like oh the color out of space. Is the color bit, out of is, space. That's what I was thinking. Yeah, that, that was that that's it's it's a lot of Im- imagery that he uses. Not you know not a lot going on. It's all about the imagery and the people people bodies being all you know cremated together and forming these. You know, I'm trying to find. Message. I'm trying to find why he was so fascinated with body horror. I haven't really come across that. So he had he had mo- he had mother and daddy yeah. issues. Is yeah, that yeah. why? Because everything. Because I mean, I mean, everything's kind of a phallus in his mouth. It's really kinky. I mean, it's kinky stuff, kind of. I don't. I don't think he ever. I don't think he ever had sex. Really, so, he doesn't yeah, have yeah. kids. I'm assuming that. Yeah, he's a strange. Yeah, Benjamin. Yeah, he. I mean, basically, he, I mean, he was very, very rich. The family's wealth um, dissipated. Oh, he and was he eccentrically mo- weird. And he lived with his mother until her, in- and then she was institutionalized in 1919. And then he married this really old woman named Sonia Green in 1924, and kind of lived with her, but they didn't have sex or anything. Mm. I don't um, know about that. Them geriatrics have sex all the time, obviously. Well, no, they didn't. Um, he didn't, but he wrote, he would write these stories, and basically, he was introduced into like weird right. tales, which would become his. They would become his prominent publisher, and that's where the Call of Cthulhu, at the Mountains of Madness, the Shadow of Reed's yeah. Mouth, yes. and the Shadow Out of Town came out. I wish but he I died. Could. But he died in 19, He died at the age of forty-six from intestinal cancer. That is he, very young. Yeah. What did he die of? I didn't get that far. Intestinal cancer. Intestinal cancer. No yeah. But the thing is, he wasn't, I mean, he's one of these people that didn't sell well when he's alive. And then in the Isn't that 40s, the of things? then in the 50s and 60s, um, basically, his work came up to be auctioned off. And someone bought his work and started printing it off. And that's when his, that's when it all, you know. That's well, when I wonder why that off. is, especially with art and people, authors and whatnot of this, this era, because nobody appreciated them when they were alive at all. Yeah. And it's like well, a cult thing that develops all these decades later with these people. I imagine that it probably has a lot more to do with the simple fact that he started writing in 1912, and then he and he and he wrote until 1934. That's when he died. And I imagine at that time his stuff was probably too advanced. I mean, it, I mean, it would be. I assume too. And he's kind of the link between Edgar Allan Poe and yeah. modern day horror. That's so right. he's kind of that link in between the two. So, you know, and I imagine that, you know, the Call of Cthulhu and all the other stuff about religious sex and body horror and and um, this and this other dimension that lives within the same dimension as we do, but there's like this veil between us and that dimension. Yeah. yeah. I imagine, um, you know, after the Depression, I mean, we did go to a really strong Christian or religious right sort of thing that basically, you know, family values and all that came around. Right, right. And I imagine this stuff probably wouldn't have been at that time, but in the 60s, with mind-altering drugs and people reaching out for beyond the norm, True. that's probably why he probably would have taken off at that time. Plus, 
a lot of his stuff was being um, turned into com uh, comic books and used for things like um, Tales from the Crypt um, yeah, comic right series in. and that's Eerie true. Tales comic series by EC Comics. Astounding Tales and stuff like that. Keith, yeah, oh, that's yeah, right. that's right. Mm -hmm. yeah. It was all and they were using they were using his stuff for that. So yeah. I imagine that also brought in a whole new yeah. fan base now. Yeah, Lovecraft was ahead of his time, you know, like a, like I say, predecessor of, say, um, Edgar Allan Poe, I would imagine. Like, but um, he's, he's just like, I mean, he's sort of like kicked off people like Clyde Barker, I guess, you know, uh, point, Dennis Wheatley. Yeah, you know. Uh, John, um, sorry, John, John Keats's portrayal John of Keats. old philosophy ah, influenced yeah. Edgar Allan Poe's. Um, sonnet to science. But did kind of rip, didn't it kind of speak to you like Cabal kind of, you know, Barker kind of stuff? Yeah. Yeah. It does all seem to be kind of in the same universe, sort of. Well, Barker, Barker stuff is very sex. Is, his is all about body, yeah. body horror and sex. And, right. And, yeah. So it's Lovecraft. Um, and, and, and Hellraiser, if you look at that, that's like. Be centibytes in another dimension that's equal to ours. Even video yeah. video drone came to my. Oh, sorry, I'll talk yeah, about kind it. of yeah. centibytes. Yeah. Anything came to mind. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was. I mean, another thing is, I guess that Stephen King would be your gateway drug into horror, where, and then H.P. Lovecraft is where you would get to. I don't think it. Yeah. I don't think H.P. Lovecraft would be your gateway drug into horror. I think it'd probably be more like Stephen King, and then you would work your because H.P. Lovecraft is. It's quite intelligent horror as well. It's very intelligent. It is. That's a good adjective, actually. Yeah. I mean, for it. He uses such words that it's like, you know, that you don't normally find in horror literature or in normal literature anyway. It's like you're going, I know what this means, but God, yeah. he's using it. Okay. Yeah. But I mean, who's supposed to be the narrator? We have one of these, like, you know, the third person narrator again, and you don't really know—is this person watching? Or I think this narrator is taking a leaf out of Edgar Allan Poe's book. That's what I'm wondering. You know, like when we did Tomb of Lygia and we did House of Usher, we never find out who's telling the story. The person's telling the story. He's going to this person's house. He's doing this, and you see it from his point of view, but you never find out who the narrator is. Right. So I think that's more of a Poe-esque thing to do, maybe. Um, another thing that I really enjoyed was like, well, how everything was happening. They like, you know, like there's like a, always someone that is innocent died in a, in a horror <laughs> story. Like there were like the people that were uh, working in the house, servants. Yeah, the servants. Yeah, and then how the the mystery like like the one who was helping didn't know what was going on, and then um, find well find out. Oh, Did the servants or, get eaten by the? Creatures, yeah, or yeah. did they evaporate into his version of space? Or well, as he as <laughs> kind of lost as, me a little bit. As, as he is basically with his machine, as he turned the machine on, he's actually and you know opening that void between the two dimensions. Mm -hmm. um, he's staying completely still, but of course the servants don't realize that the, that it's going through the electricity at the house. So they're moving about the house, and they're actually they're actually those creatures are actually eating them. You're not quite knowing if they're eating them or absorbing them or taking right, them to this right. other dimension. So they're, it's unclear because you only have, I mean, you only have Tillinghast, which is the, um, the guy that he goes to visit. You only have his side of what he's being told. So, and I don't think Tillinghast knows really about, um, about 
where they're going because he hasn't really investigated it. So it's only from what he thinks. So yeah. Um. So yeah, I really enjoyed. It. I remember I, I read it like maybe I don't know in half an hour in total. Um. Really short story, accurate to the point and entertaining. Yeah. Really, really enjoyed. It. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it not because it was so short and Keith is trying to kill me for the last two years, but it really did pack a little punch for like a seven, eight page story. Yeah. I mean, it, it had, I mean, it just jumped, it just hit the ground running, but I mean, with a short story like that, you almost have to, but yeah, I'd like just know, I don't know. What was he on (laughs) when he, or is he just that eccentric and intelligent and into into physics? You know, that, that he just comes up with this stuff, you know, or he did, I should say. I feel like he, he was following like romantic, the romantic science, romanticism. That's uh, a good point. So I thought the first thing that came to my mind was um, Mary Shelley's Frankenstein. Um, and I think that um, ideas behind it would include like cosmology, um, creatures, biology, investigating mental states and consciousnesses and unconsciousness. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel it, it really, um, it resonated when I was reading it. Um, and it was such a short read as well, but he saw what, what you said, Vicky, it really like, it packed a punch, you know? It did. Um, it, I mean, it left, it, it left an impression for a short story. Short stories normally don't leave a big impression, you know, like that, yeah. but it made you wonder, after you were done with it, I read it twice because sometimes, you know, I, I, I have to, but we, I, it's quite good because you don't get lost in the science sometimes. And sometimes some HP Lovecraft, you kind of do get kind of lost in the science, you know, if you, mm. down, you know, the color out, you know, the dream of the witch house or the shunt house or any of those kinds of stuff. Sometimes the science kind of takes, Sometimes kind of takes over a little bit. And kind of going, was he a scientist? Like I didn't really get into his biography. No, he, he wasn't. No, he wasn't actually. He wasn't. He wasn't medically trained either. But he seemed to know a lot because we get the pineal, you know, the, the, the pineal gland. Pineal gland, yeah. But at that time, Rene Desarques was really, really big in this time period, and he was basically saying that, talking about meditation between the material body and the, and, yes. and the immaterial soul. So he's doing these meditations, going around the country, becoming a big thing. So I think that this might be H.P. Lovecraft taking the piss out of him, <laughs> the pineal gland, because the, the pineal gland, yes, it's inside the brain and stuff like this. It's underneath, it isn't it? Like right in between the cerebral. Yeah, it, it works. It works with your optical. It works with your optical. Well, I don't. Not sure how much. Oh, that's, that's right. That's right. Okay. Yeah. It's supposed yeah. to be. A, it's supposed to be the size of a small almond. If yeah. you want to sort of get a shape, a shape definition. I mean, uh, the silica, the, uh, the the pineal gland was actually. Or should I say, the unicorn um, was actually a sort of a euphemism for the penal gland. The the, the the horn coming out of the front of the head was the like, third eye, in a sense, extended right. to the penal gland. Right. You know, yeah, it's uh, in alchemy, alchem- alchemical texts. That's what they say. Yeah, really interesting. Though. They do say we don't use most of our brains. So they yeah. Say. Well, they say it. it it becomes I um, a lot less. <laughs> <laughs> the list is long and distinguished. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, and they, and, they, and, they, and they tend to be leading us. <laughs> that's the word. Uh, well, yeah, that's the thing about um, you know, if you read a book, Keith, you know, it's like you actually engage your imagination. You know, 
it's um i think nowadays like it's like it's already made for you ready to make ready to made uh, meals of the imagination almost like the right. internet you know yeah mm. i think it's um when you actually read something like like leah was saying before so direct you know short yeah. stories have to be so direct there's no dressing and finery and jewelry it's really to the nuts and bolts of the story right. you know it's really classic and there was movements because like romanticism was declining around say 1840 yeah. mm. and then the next movement that took over was the positive positive oh, yeah, positivism yeah um so i think he was probably i, I can't remember the year of what was it 1920 20, so he was probably going off on the back of that but he was probably um he probably was really interested in like the importance and respect for nature and um that that was in, in high regard where yeah. you, you you don't want to be able to manipulate nature but try and almost control it in a way yeah and that's what he was doing through the experimentation stuff i don't know if he was a godly man but he did it was kind of like a cautionary tale as well you know he's, maybe he's he should try um, to be god probably like a, a early ecologist you know? yeah <laughs> you know <laughs> But um, yeah, but it, it, it's just interesting when you look at the man's face. You know, he looks like he's he's got so many worlds behind his eyes. You know, you know. I mean, they say like you know, your eyes are the windows to the soul. But yeah, he looked he looked disturbed, but an interesting guy. Like Keith said, a smart man. You know, maybe you know you don't have to go to university to become smart. Obviously, <laughs> you know. I think uh, intelligent, highly evolved human beings are such tortured souls. <laughs> yeah. They just seem to well, suffer. You I, know? I think. That, I mean. But I think it also helps with them being an artist, doesn't it? True. You, you know, I mean, it's up, you know, my grandmother says, well, God gives in one hand, takes away with the other. So maybe that, you know, to be great in this, maybe, you know, maybe this other, you know, maybe, you know, her happiness has to be sacrificed or something. I'm not sure, but. Perhaps. I mean, there, I mean, what I also find interesting that he uses the pineal gland or, uh, which is basically, that's what produces the melatonin and the serotonin in yes. derived hormone with inside your brain, which that's helps right. modulate your sleep patterns, <laughs> um, you know, especially during the circadian and uh, seasonal cycles. Yeah. So yeah. when you look at, when you think of that, and then the story that he's come out about that, and this is, you know, this is, you know, not lots been known about the pineal gland, but everything that's- that he just says does have a lot of facts to the story, which is quite yeah. interesting. I mean, ch- children engage it early. Like, I mean, you know, your imagination when you're a kid, you know, it's like everything's a wonderland, you know, and I mean, a simple, a simple idea, you know, can, I mean, like, you know, go inside, awesome. go inside the, the cupboard, the cupboard, like, uh, you know, the line, the witch, the wardrobe and all that. And yeah, that's right. But I think, uh, you know, the, the penal gland itself, like, wasn't Huxley talking about that when he, you're talking about the reducing valve, mm. you know, like I say, like if you say it's so wondrous, it's so wonderful reality that the mind sort of uses like a little filter. You just get a little drop at a time because if you if you take it all in it wall at once, it would just be too much. You know, we'll probably go insane. Yeah, possibly. Yeah. yeah. I was well, it, also, it also helps you with, um, se- you know, sexuality as well. It's what helps. It's what causes your body to you know, with your reproductive glands and all that yeah, other stuff. Yeah. Um, so if they, so if something happens, your penile gland becomes um, severely damaged as a child, then you probably won't, um, your puberty will probably not be as successful as someone who has a yeah, normal or healthy one. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, sort of like a, sometimes the, the dream state is far more interesting than actual reality itself, you know? You know, mm-hmm. and uh, I, I think about it the other day, it's like a, if you take your life like a, a feature film, 
there seems to be more adverts <laughs> than actual mm. movie. <laughs> so, you know, you have to make it interesting. Well, this um, Rene Descartes, I believe that the Pinot Grand is where your soul rests yeah. as well. So, yeah. And I think that in, in this story, I think that's probably where uh, Lovecraft got the whole outer world sort of thing. Your, the genre, you know, yeah. If this is the idea in, that, in this time period, and you have the scientists saying that the Pinot Grand is where, you're, where the human soul rests. Well, you know, the, you know, the, um, uh, in Egyptology, when you see the snake coming out the top mm-hmm. of the, you know, the, the head, that's supposed to be the lantern of Osiris. That's right. I was trying to remember where it was, you know, the lantern of Osiris, you know, and that's supposed to be where it's the gateway to the other world. So it's almost like it's just like looking at the wrong end of the telescope, you know, becomes so minuscule. You have to kind of turn it around. <laughs> well, that, that was a good analogy. Yeah. yeah, and the interesting thing is, if your Pinot if your Pinot Grand grew and grew outwards, that's where it would be. It would yeah, come out exactly. Like the center of your forehead, like yeah. in the film that we be covering next. Yeah. So it's quite an interesting thing for a tense short story. I mean, it's like you know, he's highly intelligent. This guy is. I mean, yeah, he is a misogynist and he was a huge racist. But I mean, this was nineteen ninety. Probably everyone was in that day anyway. So <laughs> we'll put that to the side now because I know there's a lot of people. Been trying to get HP Lovecraft fans everywhere at the moment, um, a couple of years oh, ago. Oh, bloody hell. For whatever reason. But, yeah. um, but, you know, he was very, very intelligent. When he, I mean, all his stories come out about science and metaphysical. And, yes. You know, and I think the reason why he became so successful, you know, after his death is that it all feels like it's real. It all feels like it's there. Yeah. Um, and H.P. Lovecraft is very much alive today in the, our media anyway. If you watch um, Pirates of the Caribbean 2 and 3, you know, yeah, yeah. with the, the octopus face and... Um, uh, oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, what what did they call it in that? It wasn't an octopus. It was a Cthulhu, basically. It was a Kraken. Yeah. The Kraken, yeah. yeah. Kraken. Was it a Kraken in Pirates of the Caribbean? It's a Kraken! Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's but, but, a Kraken! But yeah. the yeah. It was Amber. Amber was a Kraken. <laughs> Yeah. I thought you said release the, the crackers. Where's the cheese? Those ghosts were very Lovecraftian. I mean, that's very, the whole, you know, the whole styling of all that was very Lovecraftian. Very yeah. Lovecraft. Yeah, so. he's, he's he's a fascinating guy. You know, I, I like him a lot. You know, what you think about it, you start thinking about there's everybody gives a nod to Lovecraft. It seems when you start thinking about all the movies we talked about and all the movies or you know books. I mean. There's quite a few nods. I mean, I would have never oh, thought yeah. of Pirates of the Caribbean until you just said so. Yeah. But that's just, definitely, you know, Cthulhu myth. I realized we we reviewed um, The Color Out of Space, which was... Right. I, I didn't even realize it was a H.P. Lovecraft. I just realized, just twigged. Yeah, yeah. We reviewed that before. That was quite... That was excellent. That was another good one that, that yeah. we were lucky to cover. That that was a great movie. That was. A lot of people either loved it or you didn't. A lot of people yeah. pissed and so, moaned about it, but... The only problem with Lovecraft, actually, is that there's only there's lots of adaptions of his work, but there's only like five really good, clear adaptions. It's kind of like the Stephen King of mis misadaption sort of thing. Mm. Where and Color of Space is a great one. Reanimator is excellent. Our film from Beyond, I think, is very very good. Um, And then there's um, there's another Lovecraftian that they did, The Witching Hour, which showed um, the directors of horror series that was on. Yeah, yeah. Cinemax back in the day, like in the nineties. Yeah, that, and, that, and I think that was directed by uh, John Carpenter. All right, so that one that was quite decent. But most yeah. of the other ones is like you know, based on Lovecraft. You watch it going, uh, okay. 
<laughs> yeah. Um, his stuff's actually used in a lot of computer games as well. There's um, um, Dark Fantasy's computer game series that's available on Xbox and PlayStation computer. It does do a, um, a call of Cthulhu um, computer game where basically you're, you play a character today and you're on, you're on the sea and all the strange stuff that's happening and all this Lovecraftian stuff that's happening in front of you and it's all done in the first person. It's not shooting or anything, it's story-led, so it's not a shooting thing. You kind of, you had no weapons, so you kind of have to find your way through this without killing anything, without really doing a very good job of that as well. That's interesting. Like, uh, no, was that like, uh, the Gandhi sort of uh, way of, like, you know, non-violent sort of confrontation? <laughs> yeah. You know? But it makes the game a lot harder, I tell you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If, you're not, if you're not packing... <laughs> Yeah. It's like it's like being stuck in a zombie apocalypse, and all you have is a walk. <laughs> Did you say a walk? <laughs> I, would, I fancy a Chinese now. You know? <laughs> yeah. so, um, I mean, another interesting thing about From Beyond as well is the Tillinghurst um, character that um, he visits it does book does come in play in the case of Dexter Ward, which will become reanimated in the movie. Right, based on that. So, so some of these characters do, you know, some of the characters in the short story that names mentioned do appear in his other stories as well. I was reading where he tried to keep the the they tried to keep them together because he, they didn't really need to be explained of what was expected of them because mm. they got it and they yeah. didn't, you know, like that's why you see them here, that's why you see them in Reanimator and right. things like that because they knew what was expected of them. You know, we'll get into poor Barbara Crampton. <laughs> <laughs> She's always the star. Yeah. You gotta love her. But yeah, I mean, I think you know when I was going through, you know, for our Kings of Horror, and I figured, well, we have to mention Lovecraft because he is one of the kings, the greatest, one of the greatest horror. Absolutely, full father. Yeah. And so I tried to find the easiest one to sink into, and with a gr- just a decent movie, and that's why we got from Beyond this time around. So. Really good, really good connection, Keith. You know, with the, yeah, good one. So what are our final thoughts about From Beyond, the short story, and let's give it a rating of how many pineal glands do you give it? So, <laughs> Nikki, how many pineal glands do you give From Beyond, the short story? I'll give it five pineal glands. Ooh. <laughs> I, I liked it a lot. I like his stuff, though. Either you do or you stuff? don't. Yeah. What about yourself, Craig? Yeah, I'll give it five pineals out of five. It was a, <laughs> it was a really good read, and... Um, it was really short, thank God. And sweet. Short and sweet. Short and sweet. Yeah, short and sweet like the pineal gland itself, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Depends. I've seen some pretty big pineal glands the last few days. <laughs> do, you think they have, uh, do you think they have Viagra for uh, pineal glands? <laughs> I think mine needs to grow again, you know. <laughs> you might get a stiff neck. I might get a stiff neck, yeah, when if it's got stuck in my throat. <laughs> Or a throbbing headache. <laughs> oh dear! Yes. The maturity <laughs> level gone. <laughs> what about yourself, David? What are, what are your thoughts on Yeah, stories? definitely a, a big five pineal glands. There, you know, because uh, 
I mean, it's, it's a subject that's really fascinating, like, you know, and uh, all the different euphemisms and the, the different analogies, like, you know, but like uh, Leo was saying, like, you know, the, the man had the sort of talent to sort of, mm. to say quickly, you know, yeah. yeah, you know, you didn't have to dress it up. Like you say, if you, if you've only got a certain amount of words to work with and you want to get the point across, you've got to be concise, you know, and exciting. It, it was like a Da Vinci um, <laughs> yeah. autopsy that he shouldn't have been doing. And, <laughs> But it was really well, well detailed. Yeah, but once he got his uh, almost like yeah. fact to fact. Once he um, got his life and fork out, like he was yeah. okay, you know. Interesting. What about yourself, Leandro? How many? How many do you give it? Five. Yes, five. I think there is a phrase that said short and short and good, double good, something like that. You know, like yeah. short yeah. and sweet. <laughs> yeah. So five out of five. I'm going to give it five out of five as well. Um, It does remind me of one of my favorite short stories is The Lottery by Shirley Jackson, which is a very short book. And we're basically so much detail and then you close it and it haunts you long afterwards. And and this does it for me. And I I sit there and say, if you're going to start off at HP Lovecraft, this is probably the one to start off with and then then work your way through the rest of the stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It's um, a good jumping off point. Yeah, exactly. He must have been. He must have been a strange character. Imagine sort of having some time with a guy and just talking, like you know, fascinating people. You know, at the time, you know, I mean, it's uh, it wasn't really much going on in the twenties, like I guess, and in, in a, you know, in that situation, like with what a mind. Eh? I would say it was probably like sitting down with a dime. I think <laughs> from, really? what I, from what I read about H.P. <laughs> Lovecraft and about his personal life, I did read a, a biography about him, and um, yeah, he. I think he. I think he probably was. A, from from what I from what I remember reading about his biography, I just remember him reading. He'd be, I think he's probably one of those really really intelligent people, but it's really, but it would be really hard to have a conversation with, though. Okay, yeah, yeah. you know where their minds like so, whatever, yeah, like, then, like Quicksilver, you know, it's jumping all over the place, you know. Or yeah, maybe be like, yeah. talking to Einstein. Apparently, Einstein wasn't very much of a conversationalist either. So like, <laughs> you kind of get lost in the detail. I have to mention yeah. that haircut. Well, you know, <laughs> you haven't got time to get your hair cut when you're thinking about E equals MC squared, I guess. Like, you know, and again, maybe you had a squared off his head, it might have been okay, you know. <laughs> well, I when I first saw Albert Einstein as a kid, I thought him and I thought was, I thought him and Roger Marx were the same person, so. <laughs> <laughs> That's my mom's one. like no 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 Dr. Mark you know, is a comedian this is a scientist okay. there's one there's one thing to say that what the, the concept of someone is far more appealing than the actual actuality of the person you know maybe that, <laughs> that could be with Lovecraft like maybe yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I think with Lovecraft I mean I think the more that you read him I think he pretty much can come up to what kind of person he was I think yeah. I mean all, all his stuff's in there you know, all his characters are very, they talk about sex or they, they see a lot of imagery about sex, but they're actually not having any sex themselves. Wow, right? that's weird. That's weird. Yeah. You know, but like the Marcus Tassad, you know, that's it. You know, he's thinking, dreaming all this stuff up while he was sitting in his cell. And, you know, yeah. obviously, he maybe didn't, obviously didn't do all the stuff he was talking about. But it's like sometimes, you know, you let, you let a, a master imagination, let it, let, let it rip, like, you know, can come up with some amazing stuff. <laughs> Well, you know, he should have gone to the Rocky Horror Picture Show, and that way, you know, don't dream it, be it. So. <laughs> <laughs> I wish they do it. I wish I, the kids just, I don't know, I went to one last year, the yeah. Rocky Horror Picture Show. I wish they would start doing more of those, because the kids just don't know what they're missing. Just so much yeah. 
you're right there, you know. Oh, that's, that's brilliant. That's brilliant. Well, they do. I mean, they do have um, participation stuff. It just seems to be a bit more, um, a little bit more tame. I think they're doing like the greatest showman or sound of music or Greece and it, without yeah. wherever they just sing along. They think they've gone from audience participation to sing along now, I think. So, yeah. from, what, from my understanding, kind of watered it down because I mean, you know, when it was like you used to get the umbrellas out and all this stuff like in the Rocky Horror, it was great. Like, you became part of the part of the actual show you know <laughs> so my dad said once he was sitting watching a western when he was a kid and he says i sat so close to the front that they made me the sheriff three times <laughs> 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 sorry <laughs> i think also i think the i think the problem with uh, audience participation is that sometimes they try to make films for that yeah yeah but yeah. where rocky horror was done by accident and it became it kind of grew it kind of it's grew into that. And yeah. I don't think you can make something for that. I think it's got to be something that's got to be quite organic. Yeah, and sp- spontaneous, like, in a sense. Yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah. yeah, I see what you're saying, yeah. <laughs> so I think that's probably why that suffered. Okay, our next film is From Beyond, which is a 1986 American science fiction body horror film directed by Stuart Gordon and loosely based on the short story of the same name by H.P. Lovecraft, surprisingly enough. It was written by Dennis Poley, Gordon, and Brian Yunzna, and stars Jeffrey Coombs, Barbara Crampton, Ken Foray, and Ted Farrell. From Beyond centers on a pair of scientists attempting to stimulate the pineal gland with a device called the Resonator, the Resonator an unforeseen Result of their experiment is the ability to perceive horrific creatures from another dimension that sits besides ours. After these scientists activate the device at full power and to turn it off or down as extreme existence of his assistant, a monstrous unseen entity attacks the lead scientist, killing him. It seems that he is dead, but later, after the device is reactivated again, he returns to our reality as a grotesque, shape-sitting, sex-hungry monster that begins to prey upon the others at the laboratory. So we're going to do this cut to the trailer. Be right back to discuss from beyond the 1986 American science fiction body horror classic. <laughs> Every journey begins in the mind. <laughs> A flight of imagination. A vision of what might lie across the universe. Or within the deepest regions of the subconscious. Dr. Edward Pretorius is about to embark on such a journey. It's out of control. You've got to turn it off. Something's coming. of Reanimator from beyond.
Hello, welcome back to the Legends Podcast. We're discussing from beyond from 1986. And starting with you, Craig, what are your thoughts on from beyond? It was absolutely effing bloody disgusting. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's what makes it so great. Yeah, that's I, right. Yeah. Do you know what? I, ju- I thought of Videodrome quite a lot. Oh, and yeah. I, but al- I also, I was thinking of the, hu- the, the, the game, my favourite computer game on PC, which was Half-Life, <laughs> when the scientists are doing their little experiments and then they're from one reality to another. Yeah. And... Um, the, the pineal gland thing. <laughs> I've, never, I've never seen that in a film before. It was oh, something boy. so unique and different. Yeah, yeah. Really and, um, everything was like sexual. It was like a, everything was yeah. phallus. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's just like even the monster at the end was like a large phallus with his <laughs> pineal gland sticking out of his forehead. That's, yeah, yeah, that's, that's really it. Yeah. It was, um, but it was really good. I like the effects as well. And um, the, the weird electric eel things that were oh yeah in the interdimensional from, yeah those fish. little beings they yeah. were cool as well yeah they had four separate uh, sfx teams worked on the movie's effects uh, so they were hopping on that one when, when he when the um the strange liquid that was covered in his body yeah um and he and he tells them and he starts talking about the other worlds beyond that world and that it was interesting because it makes you think as well i see a lot of um, the um ufo videos from nasa from nasa's archives where mm. they show like the hubble and but it's all in infra infrared or ultraviolet right um so it's like there is stuff there could be the possibility there is stuff hidden in plain sight that we just can't see because we're not oh, yeah. we're not on the same we're not on the same plane or oh. as that as that we're not tuned into that frequency. So it's yeah. a really interesting concept, I think. Um, no, what do you no, think, David? Yeah, absolutely. I thought like, I like the idea that the fish as the, uh, the, the <laughs> bringing, bringing sort of like from the interdimensional uh, beings, like also like the primordial soup, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and I like like the, that. the yeah, things yeah, that were yeah. flying around. Bee, like, the bee creatures were good. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. But like uh, Vicky was saying about the penal gland, it was really interesting. It was, it came out of his head, you know, it was an actual manifestation, like, you know, but I, I did think sometimes it needed a bit of Viagra, you know, because yeah, it, yeah. it looked a bit floppy sometimes. Like, <laughs> Well, it seemed like, seems like all this metaphysical interdimensional stuff just makes you really horny. That's the, that's yeah, the opinion that's right, I got out of it. It <laughs> seems like, like a... Don't got touch this button or you will crave sex. <laughs> you know, yeah, you have an adolescent boy or John Holmes, uh, you know... Uh, <laughs> Penal clan. <laughs> well, I know that oh. I know a lot of boys back in the, a lot of young men watch this because let's face it, Barbara Crampton is probably one of the most beautiful screen queens we've ever oh, had. Yes, and I cannot imagine her, another person doing her part. They did not want her to um, to do this because they thought she was going to look too young for the part. And so well, they slapped glasses on her and pulled her hair back. She had Bruce <laughs> McGuire as Jordan Fields. Yeah. And, um, Ted Sorrell was Dr. Pretorius. Yeah, great name, great name. Dr. Pretorius. That's what were you going to say, Keith? Um, I mean, I guess because the movie that this team made before was reanimated, and then this is the second feature. And um, it's quite interesting because Barbara Compton, um, Compton at that time was the femme fatale in the animator. 
and yeah. Jeffrey Coombe was the mad scientist. So what we right. now, got, now we got them is reversing their roles. For they have such chemistry together, though. Not so. I mean, friend wise or any wise or <laughs> Barbara and Jeffrey Combs. I mean, they're they're like made. They they just seem like quite the great package deal for the '80s movies that they did. Yeah. She's just a great actress. I love her. I can stop <laughs> her praises all day. Jeffrey Combs, I love him too. I had, I had, he was like my weird crush guy, Jeffrey Combs. <laughs> I was thinking of weird science here. Do you remember that movie? Yeah, yeah, that the yeah. science. Yeah. Is that with Val Kilmer? Weird science? No, it's um, Michael. Anthony Hall and um, what's his name, Janet? Oh, uh, that's when they get the uh, the, they make the woman Kelly the, Kelly LeBron, Kelly LeBron. Yeah. yeah, Kelly LeBron. and Bill Paxton's in it, isn't he? Oh, the late Bill oh, that's right. He's the little he's the the little pain in the butt. <laughs> the brother guy, isn't he? Yeah, the brother. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. classic. But um, I mean, I think what I quite like about the film, okay, it's done with a really low budget, you know, yeah. sort of thing. But I mean, they really knew how to show it and how to film it and give it something. And I love the little nods that basically like the hospital that they have in here is the same hospital that they used in Reanimator. So it's oh. the same doctors and the same nurses and <laughs> you know, and I quite like that. You know, it's kind of like it's like watching like, you know, on a theater group, let's do they're doing the next movie together. You know what I mean? So you see all these <laughs> kind of same thing. And they connected everything up quite well. Mm. You know, my, this is the reanimator was in the back of my mind to this whole movie. I don't know why. It just was. Well, the same team, same writer. Well, yeah, I know, but I mean, everything, so. it, I, I, it was just like this, almost like a companion movie, you yeah. know, at this point for me, because I love reanimator. I mean, there's not, what's not to like about that movie? I think it's brilliant. But, uh, St- I mean, Stuart, did Stuart Gordon do reanimator as well? Yes, he did. Yes, he yep. did. Okay. And then Brian Yunzda will we be covering another one of his films later on um, at the end here called Society. He directed that, which deals with a lot of body melting together sort of stuff. Is imagery that Society. Did you guys hear like Star Trek doors opening yeah. and closing, or was that my imagination? There were Star Trek door noises. Uh, I mean, some of the sound effects were kind of odd yeah i i can't remember you know there, there could have been i mean i just remember that when they turned down the thing you know here the resonator the resonator yeah <laughs> just as well it didn't happen during the 70s in england because uh, oh they the did power cuts. <laughs> the sound effect used for the opening and closing doors in the hospital at the beginning of the film are reused from Star Trek. Several iterations of the oh, story right. later go to feature on it. Okay. What do you mean? That, that swish sound. Beam me up, Scotty. Yeah, yeah it's the Star Trek doors. <laughs> yeah, Star Trek. I want a Star Trek door, you know. <laughs> I, don't, I think everybody deserves one, Craig. Yes. Yeah, I want absolutely. a Stargate door to go through. Well, you can have a Stargate door for the back door and then have a swish door for the front door. A swish door. Yeah, Swiss door. Swiss door, Swiss door. <laughs> There's a song there, Keith. Come on, use the beautiful vocal it talent. Was shot in Italy. <laughs> I guess they did base all the pineal stuff on real science. So a lot of yeah. the stuff they were talking about with the pineal gland was actually oh science. I mean, follow the science. Yeah. Well, the, sex, Gordon, the sexualness. Is he made dolls. That's it. I didn't hear you guys. What Keith? <laughs> 
Now, start, well, who made Dolls, Craig? Um, the same guy made Dolls, the movie Dolls, or the Dolls Come to Life. Oh, that's right. That was yeah. one of my favorite movies, apart from Killer Clowns when I was a kid. Killer Clowns. <laughs> Little We've dolls. all led such, such upsetting childhood lives. All of our favorite movies <laughs> are like full of blood, gore, killer and clowns. Killer, killer puppets. Yeah. Angel glands. <laughs> killer clowns, and, you know. I mean, as stated, as stated earlier, anyway, I mean, you know, the whole sexualized, the open and openness of the sexual feelings, stuff like that. I mean, that's part of the King of Glam, as we just, you know, we discussed in the one we discussed in the book. I mean, that's what basically gets you to do puberty and it stimulates your reproduction organs. Right. I, I think that in um, comparing the book from the movie, um, I think in the movies, more. Um, well, in in the book, like it 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 mentioned it, right? But in the movie, it's more visual. And then, for example, the first thing that really called my attention is like they go to the house of the the physics. I can't remember the name. The physics, the man who created the machine, the doctor. Uh-huh. And then you uh-huh. see that they open one of the rooms. <laughs> all the all that those things, you know, like um. Harness and all those things, <laughs> and he will. There was a video of of, of him hitting a, a girl, um, <laughs> and then then you understand why because it's like kind of like he was he got like obsessed with that knowledge, and and yes, yes. going more through that like his fantasies of what he he like in sex and all that. Um, it's making the subconscious uh, manifest, yeah. Yes. Well, yeah, he did, say, real, he did yeah. say Dr. Pretorius liked to bring beautiful women home. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I, I really, really enjoyed the movie because um, when, I mo- when I watch movies that are like that, it's like horror movies. Yeah. Um, well, they, they don't make me feel scared at all, but I really enjoyed to see the visual effects of those ears. Yeah. And I really, really like it because first it has really bizarre things that for me is like it's necessary to be in a horror movie of the of that time. Like for example, starting with the the um gossip neighbor that 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 interferes all the time. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And she goes she, she had the, that dog that escaped and she, yeah, she goes and that's okay. Call the police, you know. <laughs> um then what I found really interesting is like I don't know if it was my perception or not, but it's like every time they were activating the, the machine, it was mm-hmm. like the the for me it's like a um it was expanding, you know. Mm. Like it was like in more in time, it was like going further out of the room, yeah. out of the house. Oh, okay, yeah. I don't know. That was my like kind of my interpretation because if you see, you know, the first the things were happening in the room, then ended happening in the house. Like there was a monster on the on the basement of the house. Yeah, the boundaries get stretched to get goes further out. Yeah, yeah. Then I found really like bizarre, like when they were in the ho- mental hospital and the director of the hospital was smoking a cigarette while they were watching all the images. Oh, yeah. I know that in those days. <laughs> they used to smoke in the hospital yes, back in the day. But they the, did. the funny thing to, to me, like the scene, scene it, this day now, 
is more shocking, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's, you find it, like, bizarre, you know? <laughs> I had a friend when I was 15, and he caught pneumonia, and I'll be damned if he was that that <laughs> She was in there just smoking cigarettes in his room. <laughs> I mean, it's just, that was crazy back then. I mean, yeah. that was Mercy Hospital, by the way, Keith. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, that, that was every hospital, though. I mean, it's just like, there were the good old days. Yay! And yes. Don't you find similar those uh, monsters? Like, you know, when you see, like, in a magnifier, like, uh, insects or cells that have all those mouths with uh, sucking like teeth? A, yeah. I don't know. I found it, like, um, really, really, really cool. At the same time, I, I was thinking... I wasn't, I wasn't, well, I was two years old at that time, but how much, how, how they, 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 when they have it in cinemas, how the people has react, must react at that time, you know? Yeah. Because, for example, there was a, there was a girl appearing naked. They were having sex. Uh, tons of like, you know, like people like going, <laughs> running naked around the house. So uh-huh. I imagine like 1986, I mean, these days it's not so shocking, but I imagine, well, that's what I do when I watch movies. Try to think when it was released, how how the impact on the society at that yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, so, they had they, I, they put these on lists called nasties and stuff like that. Right. They didn't want. Didn't I mean, to. some of these you couldn't see right off the bat, and until VHS came out, you didn't really see some of them in the big theater. Okay, yeah. But yeah. I think that this one was out. Reanimator came out in the big screen. Yeah. I mean, he had to do several cuts. They had to cut. Ah, the, okay. To get to the R rating, um, he had, uh, there was one scene where he hammered Dr. Pretorius, hammers a nail through an unwilling female's tongue, and they got rid of that. And they they had to secure an R rating from MPAA. It was really an ordeal, they say. Um, initially saying his presented cut of the film had 10 times too much of everything, and he ultimately was able to get away with making small trims without removing entire sequences uh, of the seems- film to ruin okay. it. But I mean, these guys had to like just roll over for to, just to get an R rating back then, and we, it's just a cakewalk to us now. It's a PG to me, you know. Um, well, I mean, when I when I I did see this um, at that time, we, you had two ways you could see a movie. You guys either go to cineplexes, where we're inside malls and stuff, or you had the independent cinemas that you had, right. and they and they tend to be like old movie houses. Right. And I remember seeing this at. I, you know, I saw this at an independent when it came out and it was, I mean, for a time, it was very, very gory. It was like, it was like for the time. Well, it was the monsters, nasty and slimy. And he's touching Barbara Crampton. She's naked, basically. She's like beauty and the beast. She's gorgeous with his flawless, beautiful white skin and everything else, you know? So it's, but I have to sit there and say, this is a lot tamer than reanimator. Oh God, yes! Reanimator with the poor Barbara Crampton in that movie too. Oh I mean, my God! What, what I would suggest is buy Reanimator on DVD or Blu-ray and listen to the commentary by the actors because they're right. Cause they're, they're like the dead bodies running around and stuff like that. They hire people off the street and they go, "Oh, that guy was really, really weird." He, he's like, or like, "Who's that? Who's that? Look at that naked guy running around. Who, where did we find him?" And, the guy, <laughs> yeah, yeah. and that guy was the one who's like rubbing. He used to like rub himself up against people in between shots and stuff. Well, uh, <laughs> <laughs> do, do you remember? And uh, sorry, the name of the rose, you know. Um, this, that set of found all these amazing looking people, like really strange looking people. And, uh, I think Ron, per- Ron Perlman, or was he, uh, he was in, uh, he played, uh, Salvatore. And, yeah. 
you know, they cut all his hair off weird. And but um, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's, this, it's this hard watching great... Ron Perlman in anything where he's got a he's got a romantic whatever a romantic yeah. love interest. I watched a movie the other day. It was a couple nights ago. I'll be damned if I can remember the name of it now. But he had a love interest, and she had a love interest with somebody else at this point. Yeah. I can't take him seriously as a love interest. I don't know if he's so big and tall, and he's well, he's tall it is. Yeah. When he did, when he was doing that TV show with Linda Hamilton, Beauty and the Bees. Yeah, yeah. was and that was like, him, wasn't it? Yeah, and he thought to himself, "Was like I remember the like the big thing was, oh, what does he look like beyond the makeup?" And then he took his makeup off, and you thought. When are they going to take the makeup off? Because like- <laughs> <laughs> oh, 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 oh. well, he had quite a lot. He had quite a lioness looking face anyway. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. You know, right. Yeah, he's got yeah. something. He's just a big old goopy. You know, he's just one of those big lugs. <laughs> well, he, he, he plays well, believing those odd characters. It's just going to be hard to see him do like a normal character. Yeah. Yeah. And he's great, like in the Hellboy series, the Alien. Yeah. Paper. Four, get that and um or five whatever one the french director did and um city of lost children he's very good in the french film yeah. there he's good in those kind of things but when you see him as like yeah. a, ha- a hallmark you know you know lead is a romantic lead is kind of like okay i just uh, see him as like the evil guy from comics you know i mean <laughs> he's got his fist full of jewels Oh. <laughs> no, the only the only movie he kind of sort of looked himself. I get movie was a uh, Alien Resurrection. Was it Keith? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's where she blows her. That's, her, that's where she blows the little. The, I felt sorry for the alien in that where she. I know. Where he gets sucked out of the window. I liked him. He was kind of cute. Yeah, it, kind of cute. Yeah, you're right. You know, I felt really bad when she killed him. She felt bad. Yeah. I guess it was her baby. I guess. Well, Rod Perlman is a really good friend of Del Toro, so he's in a lot of Del Toro films as well. A lot of, this is, I didn't know that. Moments and yeah. stuff like that. He's in a lot of Del Toro films. Yeah. I think the only one he's probably not in, the two that he's not in, is Devil's Backbone and Pan's Labyrinth, but he's in all the other ones. Yeah. He makes a, you know, whether it's a fleet, he normally has a, a big role or a real fleeting role where he just appears like an unseen of that. <laughs> <laughs> I think what I, I mean, I guess you could say that because of Reanimator being a success, they were able to get a cult actor, um, Ken Foray, in this, which we'll be covering in our make remake section of Down to the Dead. Yeah, yeah. So that was good seeing oh, him. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Nice. So that was quite good seeing him um, in this film. And I thought he does quite, quite a good job in this as well, because I only know him from Dawn, Dawn of the Dead. Yeah. What yeah. so, a riot just, that one's going to be. A crate their own wills, don't it? Like, you know, it's like James Whale and, uh, you know, Roger Coleman and the atmosphere about it, you know, and same with this guy, you know, this, this, uh, the reanimator, you know, it's like just, it's got its own world, hasn't it? You know, somehow they managed yeah. to sort of, yeah, they seem to, you know, make a new color. <laughs> or oh, like Jimi Hendrix said, oh, I want it, I want this to sound beautiful and purple. <laughs> yeah. You know, so they're, they're starting to form a new kind of language, you know, for uh, how we see things, you know. Mm. You know, the resonator sound effects were later sampled in the song Intergalactic by the Beastie Boys. Oh, oh brilliant. Brilliant. Love the Beastie Boys. They're, they're so cool. I was mean, um, oh, actually, when I was saying um, Dreams in the Witch House, it wasn't um, oh, Mac, the Masters of Horror series. It was actually Stuart Gordon who did that. Yeah. Sort of thing. So it wasn't John Carpenter, so I'm going to mistake there. <laughs> John Colby. But, um, 
Okay. I mean, I I don't know what Stuart Gordon does nowadays because he's. I mean, I really miss shooting dolls at the same time, though. Yeah, dolls and um, from beyond. No, dolls was a year afterwards. You said he He shot in 1986 at the same time. Oh, okay. Well, he actually was. He actually wrote the script for uh, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. He actually wrote. (laughs) I didn't know Mm -hmm. that either. Yeah, or the Oliver Oliver uh, Oliver Reed version, Keith was a honey. I drunk the kids. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> again. <laughs> Rotten. But I mean, the last thing that Stuart Gordon did was in nineteen in two thousand seven, where he did a um, a black comedy thriller called Stuck with Mina Savari and Stephen Rea. Right. Oops, sorry. So, I mean, they said the production really. ran out of money before the effects on the finale could be finished. Right. Um, I wonder how they they managed all that. <laughs> I imagine bag, borrow, and steal. I imagine. So, um, I mean, Brian Yunsta as well. I mean, he if you if you like Stuart Gordon films, like um, he also did Reanimator from Beyond, but he also did like Society and things like that. And he's also another one to look for. And he also did. He was the producer on Dolls and. Ticks. He was a producer on Ticks, and he directed like Return of the Living Dead Three and Necromonicon and things like that, and <laughs> and all the reanimated sequels after that. What is it with brains? Eventually, Jeffrey Combs needs brains in this movie too. He sucks yeah. that. that that nasty doctor? What was her name? She was mean to everybody, but uh, he, he got glasses. a hold of. He sucks the woman's eyeball or brains out <laughs> through her eyeballs. That's kind of. You know, that's not a good opening line, is it? You know, no, but I suck your brains out of your eyeball. (laughs) Yeah, I was gonna use it, I was gonna use another more early term, but I won't. No, maybe, maybe a a fruit cup or maybe a coke, you know, (laughs) start start small. I remember that when I was watching the movie, I I can't find it now, but I I wrote down three things that the doctor, the the lady, I I don't know, I can't remember her name, Barbara Crampton. One was to be able to see, to be able to know. So that was what we were looking after, like, you know, like having like developed that gland to be able to see far beyond. Yeah. Right. What you can see, but also like seeing other, like, um, all the colors. Yeah. So all other galaxies or other thoughts of another person because the, in the end, the man who created the machine, he was able to, to, for example, you know, not what you were thinking, go there, you know. Yes. And that, that's what, what he was trying to do. He was trying to like, play with their minds. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I don't know why anyone would want... I mean, when when we find out, like, okay, you can see all these colors, you can see all these pictures, and da 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 And then at one, for a little bit of filming, we get to see life through Jeffrey Coombs' eyes and... I don't know if I want to walk through life like that, you know, with all like the colors, like the way they were, and it's kind of like, <laughs> like, like, you know, like yeah. a, a bad, a, a badly lit negative film, negative color, right? Negative. Yeah, like yeah, a, it's like Ray Milan in the um, what's that one? The the, the man, the, the man, man with the X-ray eyes. Yes, yes. <laughs> oh, I forgot about that one. Well, the classic movie, you know, it's like hey, yeah. he starts to see everything, you know. And maybe, uh, you know, and then use the, bibli- the biblical term, if thy eyes offend thee, then pluck them out. But, um, yeah, maybe sometimes, you know, seeing too much is, it can be a positive thing, but it could also be negative, I guess. Well, you know, there's always, you know, 
some yeah. well yeah. i think that maybe imagination still works too you know yeah i think that that that's, that like you know when he was seeing but for example he was seeing you but not you he was seeing like a color i think that's kind of like a way of the director to tell you okay I can see you far beyond that, that seeing you like um, as a person. I can see like through colors, through like different um, lens. Yeah, like a kind of saying, uh, I can see your soul or what you're thinking. But it's like, if I show you you as I see you right now, well, yeah, I see you the person, but I won't be able to describe what I see like, like inside of your brain, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, personally, I I prefer to see less in life. I mean, When I go to work, I don't wear my glasses because everyone looks be better fuzzy anyway. So <laughs> yeah, no, I get that. Yeah, yeah, I get you. Yeah. The, the hospital looks cleaner. <laughs> Everything looks better. Tidy. The tube looks cleaner. Yeah, the tube yeah. looks cleaner. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. I don't mind squinting every once in a while. I'm fine with it. I don't. I, I'm not. I'm not happy seeing like perfect. Vision clear 2020 vision anyway. So, <laughs> yeah, I don't think I'd be using a resonator anytime soon. Isn't that the, um, the uh, diamond dealers um, that the wear dark sunglasses because? The, you know, your pupils dilate when you see something that beautiful and they try, if they're trying to sort of like swindle the cost, then they keep the dark glasses on so you can't really see their reaction in the eyes because your eyes do not lie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Which is also connected to your pineal gland. So there you yeah, go. The and your cell, your, your pineal gland connected to your eyeball and your eyeball. <laughs> well, you know, the whole thing is they had this thing all kicked and, and it was all, you know, but Barbara Crampton wanted to just start it all over again. So what she have to do? She goes up and turns the machine back on, you know. Well, I mean, the whole thing is be careful what you wish for as well, isn't it? Right. Oh, boy, yeah. That's true. I mean, she goes back. Was it, was it, what was it? Indiana Jones and, oh, yeah, and the Crystal Skulls where she yes. wants to see everything. So everything, she gets yeah. to see everything. Oh, yeah. It ends up being her undoing, you know. Yeah, yeah. And John the Nazis and the Nazis in the first one as well when they wanted the Oh, yeah. Ark of the Covenant and all that sort of stuff. Yes. What a, But, good, what a good group of people to pick on the Nazis. They don't pick that. They don't, they don't, they're not, they don't pick on them like they used to that back in the 80s. No, they don't. That's right. Uh, is that, that's that freedom of speech bullshit. No, because Germany, Germany is one of the, um, Mark, um, um, Uh, they merchandise, not merchandising, they make stuff. Manufacturing, they're one of our manufacturers in the world now. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so we have only, to be nice. What, one of the only countries who are still manufacturing in the, in the Western Hemisphere. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's weird, isn't it? Wow. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, we have to be nice to them now. <laughs> <laughs> Even though that Hitler had only one big ball. Come on, Keith, I want to hear them bullshit tones. Yeah. <laughs> Next bone connected to you. Hip bone. bone. Come on, Keith, you can get lower than that. Down the knee, bone. <laughs> well, you know, you gotta say, he used his one big ball. He had him. Uh, but, um, Take it low. Yeah, but I think, I think, more, I think another thing I quite like about, I mean, what I quite like about, because sometimes you can watch a short story and they kind of blow this up into a movie and it's like, and there's a lot of dullness that tends to happen. You know, which I think that they actually were able to avoid that in this movie. In this movie, actually, like they got the whole short story in there, they got all that in there, 
Yeah. Um, I, but they were able to expand it to an 86 uh, minute film without making it feel like it's been elongated short story. Yeah. And I yeah. quite like that. And I do like, and I, what I love about Brian Yesna films anyway is that every time you watch them, you notice something more and more about them. And there's always a tongue stuck in the cheek with him film. Like this time I noticed what I didn't notice before. It's like when they go back to the house sort of thing and they got Jeffrey Coombs and Barbara Crompton, they're going back to the house. Yeah. Did you notice the, the um, chalk, the chalk, drawing, uh, the chalk grime drawing on the floor? No. Oh yeah. Hold on. Yeah. Do you remember, that? remember he had his head, he had his, um, he, um, that whatever he was missing his head, wasn't he? Yeah, so the chalk, right yeah. so the chalk had to like like the chalk draw without the head. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, two <laughs> Oh, I just thought they'd run out of chalk, you know. <laughs> oh dear. Um, and I also like like little little weird things as well. It's like um, the simple fact that you know you know they they even put this in like basically you found out in the short story that basically it was traveling through the electricity in the walls sort of thing. That's why yeah. servants. So here they were able, you know, they didn't say that, but they showed it. The simple fact is that the electricity was going, you know, going, so they had to go down to the basement because it was going through electri- electrical wires. Yeah. And um, and I like the idea that, you know, it's like he had to go through water to get to the electrical thing. It's like little yeah, things Yeah, I know. Like it's that. just like, what's the deal? They're going through four feet of water and they're going for the main switch. This is like, that's such a good idea. Well, yeah. you know, now that you said that, I remember a movie called Lucy. I don't know if you have seen it. I, ha- I think I have actually a long time ago. Remind me though, it sounds very, very familiar. Is that uh, with the, 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 the monster woman kind of? She's kind of the intelligent life form? Well, no, she's, she's, a, she's, she's a human being, but they discovered that when, when we are babies, right? Yeah. Uh, um, well, actually, when we're in, in grow from a cell to a human, but it is like exponential way. It's like um, it's um, let's say it's like human um, uh, hand and that make um, develop. But it it goes with that up to a point, right? And and makes the the brain like do all those connections that are needed so we can grow. Well, so they they create like a synthetic drug. Of these and these, they put it, they created it in China, right? And they, they need to send it to another country. So they grab it and they put in five different people, right? Mm-hmm. They try to send it to different to another country, and then this this girl, the bag breaks inside of her, goes to the bloodstream, so their 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 head starts to. Um, I don't know how to explain. She starts to get like more clever, understand any things. She's but, evolving. Yes, yeah. and there is a point that that she she got so uh, high that yes. she ended like disappearing because they, <laughs> they are so. You can be in the, in the future, in the past. Um, I can't remember the name of the actress. You haven't seen the movie? Nah, no, I, I, I remember seeing the title. I know the title though. There's two movies out there with that title. That's gonna make me crazy now. 
<laughs> um, I mean, leave it to the Chinese. Oh, I'm kidding. COVID and Lucy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a good combination. <laughs> they had to also, while the doctor was trying to grab the pineal gland from Tillinghast's forehead, was torn apart by the MPAA to achieve Ooh. an R rating. They just were freaking out about the pineal glands. And then the yeah. one that comes out of Praetorius and, and Tillinghast, well, I can't say that name, head. No one could agree what it looked like. Asparagus and a dog dick seemed to be the most agreed upon, but which both caused Barbara Crantum some concern because when it came time to put it in her mouth. <laughs> oh, flip it, yeah. Well, she had to bite it. Remember, she she bit, oh, his, yes. bit his pineal thing off. Uh, Lucy with Scarlett Johansson and Morgan Freeman. Oh, I know okay. what you're talking about. I know, I know. you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, I didn't say it, but I remember, I remember it being really... Well, it's, a really it's a really cool uh, movie. It's like... Um, but it's, my it's, daughter said it was really good. I've, I, that's on my list. I have yet to watch it, but my kids... Because he's talking about, like, we we use certain amounts of uh, the capacity of the brain. Yeah. Well, and what would like the thing is that what would happen if we could develop that in more and more and more and more and we start to use the whole brain so that's that's what about that, that remind me because in this movie not the, the movie that we have to the from beyond there is a moment that the the doctor kind of like disappear and the voice is in the room but right. he's not there but he's not there yeah yeah because he's like kind of like beyond beyond our like he doesn't need to be there physically to yeah. be there And actually, there's a part that he appears, and then he starts to do like that, touch his face, and start to like disintegrate. Right. And then he says, oh, but you are like, you are transforming a monster. And I said, look, I don't need to be to look as I used to look to to be me. Victoria's kind of looked like basket case to me there for a while, <laughs> didn't he? Just like his basket case. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but he, I thought that I, I love Barbara Crampton in these movies though, because she's such a She's such a trooper. She really is. She's always, let's face it, she's gorgeous. She's got to get naked, yeah. you know? I mean, <laughs> the, the poor girl. <laughs> she got a kick out of doing reanimator. But okay. that, you know, with the head thing, the head, the guy's head. It was crawling <laughs> up the table, and we all know where that was going. But uh, she she really does stick it out through these movies. But I think she was every schoolboy's crush back in the day. Oh, yeah. <laughs> If you were watching horror movies. She would be the one. <laughs> she's like, beautiful I mean, still, Jeepers. She's yeah. still, yeah, she's still doing phenomenal work today, though. I mean, next year, next season, we'll be doing um, what we have become, which is an excellent film that she's done. She's, you know, we got if you have Shutter, there's a lot of the new stuff that she's doing. Yeah, what was that movie? I, gosh, what was it she just did where she's a vampire? Oh my god! Yeah, reference. She's married to the minister. Oh my god, that movie's freaking great! I loved her in that. What a comeback, uh, especially. That was awesome. Um, she's also in your next as well, which we'll be covering as well. Um, okay. Season as well. But yeah, I mean, and she still looks good. She's still, and what I also like about her is that she's done serious stuff as well, but she also does horror, but she really, really encompasses her roles and stuff like that, which is quite nice. And she's not ashamed of anything either, which is quite nice. No, she's but, not. Um, and Castle Freak, she's in Castle Freak. That's one of my favorite movies. We're actually, we're actually, <laughs> yeah. I think we're, aren't we covering that? Yeah, we're covering that in September. Yeah, we? it's it's on the make list. Remake. Yeah, make remake. Yeah. You can't Good beat thing. Castle Freak. Now, now, see, Joe knows the Castle Freak director. <laughs> <in the second laughs> <one>. <laughs> yeah. 
um, I mean, when I look at the special effects of this, I mean, the special effects are very well done. I mean, when they're when they're trying to grab a hold of that pineal gland when it comes out of his head, and you got the, yeah. you know, and they got the um, tweezers. Yeah. I mean, it's like you can almost like feel it. <laughs> it's like because his eyes. Oh, I mean, wow. I think I don't know how they did it because Jeffrey Coombs's face is in there. Right, thing. and his eyes are moving around while they're trying right. to do it. So I don't know how yeah. they did that. So it's and it's it all practical effects as well. So yeah. it it really was for the time. It really was. I said, I don't know how they did that either. Really, not claymation, surely. Mm. Animatronics. Oh, what do we call it? Like I mean, at first I thought it was screaming Mad George, who used to, who does a lot of the independent films. If you see like a really grossed out movie from the eighties with a lot of odd. Boy effects. It's normally screaming Mad George, but it doesn't really say who did the uh, effects on here. So mm. I know he yeah, does society and just parents as well. The so. majority of the special effects was created by John Carl Buchler. Okay. Uh, oh. he is, okay. Yeah. Harry, is it Keith? What was that guy? Harry Head Headenhusen. You know, he was like worked on. Um, uh, Jason and the Argonauts. And, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Harry. Um, yeah, um, he was like the first Harry one. Really, yeah, Harry he's the one that got me into sort of like you know the special effects. Like you see how much it's jumped from that to say CGI, you know. But yeah, this movie's like planted in the middle somewhere, and you can see people are pushing the boundaries and trying something different. You know, really cool. Have you ever noticed, like with my favorite year, twenty twenty one movies, that CGI is just awful or it's just it's it's there's too much of it if you know what i mean it's no fun when they stick that much cgi like all the monsters are cgi everything animated yeah Yeah. it doesn't it doesn't send me so to speak the thing is i love the cg the the, i think thing is cgi is quite cheap to do now right not as expensive easy but i think that where they're kind of missing the boat is that even though that's cheap to do the green screen and everything else is what's expensive. Yeah. And so you get like these cheaper films get able to do CGI, but they're not able to do it to the effect of like a multi-million pound film. Well, it's not Star that. Wars. Let's put it that way. No. Well, not a Star, Star, Wars Wars Star Wars isn't even Star Wars anymore. <laughs> no. <laughs> but yeah. I mean, as far as green screen, you know, some of the stuff just, it yeah. just doesn't cut it. it well, sometimes cool. some of the green screen kind of gets screwed up. Like uh, you're Mary, you mentioned Harry Her- uh, Harryhausen. Yeah. Now I love Jason Eggernaut, and I love oh, it's brilliant. Yeah. But but then you see something like Clash of the Titans, which I do yeah. like the movie. But if you see that on Blu-ray, yeah. it is very bad. Thing. I mean, it's very yeah. bad. Well, you can see everything. Well, I don't know what happened because I thought like okay, Jason, I thought, no. doesn't translate CGI well. Sometimes it just don't. No, no, this no. Clash of the Titans, the rare, the original one with Harry Hamlin in it. The I love that one. one. And the thing is, if he, I thought that if I because I used to love it as a kid, so I thought if I bought it on Blu-ray, the Blu-ray, yeah, that basic, that basically, because uh, uh, I had um, a DVD copy, I had was like a pan and scan version of it, sort of thing. Anyway, and that's where they they bring the screen forward. And so I thought basically with the Blu-ray, is, you know, you get your widescreen the way you're supposed to see it, so on and so forth. Yeah, and right. I really thought, and for some reason, there are some really ropey stuff in that. It's like, if you look at Jason Eggernaut, well, no, if you look at Jason Eggernaut, you don't yeah. have that ropey thing at all. And here we are 20 to 30 years later. Later. And yeah. he does Clash of the Titans. You're like, 
what the hell did he do? I mean, yeah. I, I still love the story. Don't get me wrong. There's right. nothing wrong with the movie. But there's sometimes, like, you're seeing these dodgy effects, and it's like, and you can see, like, the outline of them in front of the screen. <laughs> you're like, you didn't get this in Jason Egg or not. When you type no. in the skeleton, there wasn't that. Because yeah. the Titan, it should be better because technology moved on from that. You know, yeah. stop That's motion right. and everything. And it's actually weaker. But he was getting old, and he died shortly after, so maybe he's just letting the side down, maybe. Maybe dementia was setting in or something. Poor Harry <laughs> Ray, Ray Harryhausen, that's the first name, Ray. He's the, so. he's the man. He's the man, you know? Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. I also like um, George Pell as well. He did stop motion animation as well. Oh, yeah. That's right. Yeah, you know, like Seven Faces of Dr. Lyle. That's George oh, Pell. Oh, right. You know that scene? <laughs> What's that scene where Ken Frey, where he's on the floor and his football jersey? You know, he's getting eaten up by the bugs. I mean, yeah. he's trying to flashlight out. Couldn't he have moved out of the flashlight? To do? Couldn't he have moved? It was just like one stroke. But anyway, but I guess that uh, during that scene, he's laying on the floor in his football jersey. He's half-eaten by flying bugs. And I guess that Jeffrey Coombe just decided to say, put me in, coach, as he lay there dying. And I guess they left it in. <laughs> yeah. well, have- he, was, he was wearing his fetching underwear at one point. Yeah. Fetch, fetching underwear. <laughs> well, Barbara Crampton had some very fetching black underwear on there for a while, too. Do you know that she <laughs> sold that in a lawn yard, yard sale? She oh, never kept it. it. Um, and, to our students, and, and, to, and our students in Morocco, you can close your ears now. How did she keep her lips inside that underwear when she's wearing the S&M outfit? <laughs> Ooh. I don't know. I guess that they probably like, they tape things down. I mean, that's probably the only way she well, yeah, could have been. I, I, I've only her into it. Where she's basically her legs are quite far apart. I'm thinking, like, how yeah. is she not gaping out of this little string that's underneath her Jeez. I don't know, but she wore it very well. Yeah, <laughs> as Rod, as Rod, St- yeah, as Rod Stewart said. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, in Reanimator, I mean, she, she, she's naked for you know, right. a third of that film, sort of thing, yeah. where basically it's like, you know, with that head, the human head that's cut off, that's still living, you know, yeah. trying to go down on her. Yeah. <laughs> How could you forget that? Yeah. <laughs> now it's stuck in our heads. <laughs> yeah. Literally. Literally. But I yeah. mean, that, that is such a creepy scene in Reanimator. That is probably one of the creepiest scenes I've ever seen. And it's just like, get him. I, she wants up. Let me up on that. <laughs> but another thing, apparently this place where they, um, they film this, apparently that uh, I think uh, De Laurentiis or somebody owned it. You know, De Laurentiis. Yeah, and it was oh. so cold that they didn't want their breath to show, and they were eating ice chips when they were doing some of the scenes to keep their breath yeah. from showing wow. up. I didn't know that either. Okay. It was shot in Italy. Yeah. Um, mm. Oh, yeah. Okay. Where, who yeah, owned that? Because they also filmed Castle Freak in Italy as well. So. Yeah. Maybe it was just cheaper, better tax codes. This is that was the old Castle Freak, right? Not the new edition. Yeah, the old Castle Freak. That's totally. They're both excellent. I love them. The the new Castle Freak really freaked me out, though. I mean, talk about body horror. I mean, anybody that sees anything like that when you're a woman, (laughs) the the Castle Freak, it is a big toothy vajayjay, is what it is. And I mean, I have never seen anything like that in any movie before or since. A giant vagina with teeth. So this castle. Oh, I've seen a movie freak. with a. I've seen a movie with a giant vagina with teeth that basically. Yeah. Right, the giant, sort of like teeth, but on steroids. 
Yeah, no, I, I've seen a movie like that, like in the eighties. It was like that. I can't remember the name of it now. It'll come back to me. It was Street Trash or something like that. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah. But it was so funny. But this was the newer one, and I was like, "Oh, this is gonna be like the other Castle Freak now." Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I mean. You know, season six all planned out, but I know in season seven we're going to have to have a reanimator where we'll do like book to screen reanimator and then and do our our M&M Monsters and Madness is beyond reanimator and Bride to reanimator. We do cover all those. (laughs) I watched them all. I love them. I don't care. Yeah, I'm a a huge Stuart Gordon, Brian Lindsay. Even even today, it still makes you feel a bit nauseous, and that's what I don't like about it. There's parts of like, oh, what Bride of Reanimator or any of that? <laughs> oh yeah. Well, what about what about the um, Beyond the Reanimator, where the penis um, gets reanimated and starts running off, and the mouse <laughs> runs off of his penis and keeps growing and shrinking. <laughs> I mean, only, only well, I mean, Jordan Brian well, has in the production. It's pretty well. I know, sort of like what was that? They're all on Shudder as well. They're all on Shudder on Cut now as well. Yeah, cool. Shudder's got a lot of stuff. There's this other streaming. Was it Screambox or whatever? Have you guys got a stream to that? We don't have Screambox. We have Arrow Video and we have we have Full um, Full Moon, which is all the puppet. Full Moon is all now. all of Full Moon stuff is available on Tubi. A lot of their stuff is right now, and I'm just yeah. having a field day with that. So yes. Yeah, we, we we do got full moon, but it is all the puppets, you know. Puppet, you got to be in. I don't know if I, I would suggest if you're going to get full moon and Amazon over here. And I love full moon productions, but I would suggest getting it for 14 days and shutting it off and see what you yeah. need to see, because you know, you know, like the talking, the killing, the killer bong, and things like that. I mean, yeah, they're fun to watch, but you got to be in the right mood for that, or the right drugs for that. Some of those films. So I love yeah, the puppet attack of the killer bong. I still have yet to get through all that. Yeah. 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 yeah, you got to well, work, we will be, work your way off so from we the musical soon. So, so. <laughs> I'm not afraid of my bomb. <laughs> <laughs> in, in your head, no one can hear you scream. That's right. That's right. I don't know if yeah. you, if you, um, um, well, find out, found out this thing that I saw. Like, when I was watching the movie, heard the, um, the professor, you know, uh, when he was converting like that beast, he tr- he tried to grab her to have sex, yeah, and then she escaped. But then she wanted to know more about the 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 other the other dimension, blah blah blah. So then she activated the machine again, and right. the following the following scene, then she went she wanted to have sex with the other man. Yeah, yeah, Jeffrey. So what I would think is like it, she was like the machine was making like to, um kind of like know more about the other person, you know, and what the other person wanted to do, let's say, right? Right. Um, I don't know. I well, found it really interesting. Like, first the professor was like, oh, yeah, I can see what is in your mind. Blah, blah, and then they stopped the machine. But then after, she was doing kind of the same to the other man. And then um, the other she man... She's the reason why everyone died, isn't she? Yeah. Well, like, we, <laughs> we kind of left the old lady out in the poodle in the beginning. Too. I mean, she had some kind of, you know, she she had her. Not, well, her poodle was licking up the blood of. Um, yeah. yeah. Guy, <laughs> I think the poodle did it. Did she for a compound fracture her leg when she jumped out of that three-story window? Because I just saw, like, was there a bone sticking out of her leg? Or- yeah. Oh. Sort of thing. 
Yeah, yeah, I was trying to figure out how bad. Like, she just started screaming in her happy laugh at the end. Did she have I mean, curlers in all? Was that the poodle? I can't remember now. Yeah. I think it was both, actually. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, it, it did give a nod that, I mean, I think what also is clever is that, you know, with Barbara Crompton, Compton's character at the end, um, I like the way that it kind of it ended the same way the short story ended as well. Basically, yeah. he's going to go into the police station yeah. now. Yes. Sort of thing. So yeah. kind of the wraparound sort of thing. So I think what we should do, I think we should rate from beyond the film. And starting with you, David, what do you rate from beyond? Uh, I'll give it uh, f- five beyonds beyond me. At beyonds? Five beyonds. <laughs> Actually, what, what was, the, sorry, Keith, what, what, what's the top mark? Five. Are we doing penal well, glands again? Are we doing well, Yeah, because I, th- I think my penal glands just walked out to the toilet. <laughs> but uh, he's coming back in a minute. <laughs> no, definitely five uh, beyond my penal glands. <laughs> <laughs> and Greg, how many far beyond your penal glands are you in the film? Oh, yeah, I'll give it five, uh, five from beyonds out of five. <laughs> and Leandro? Five also. <laughs> and Vicky? I'll give it five of Dave's penal glands. Yeah, on the way to yeah. On the way to the bathroom. Yeah, on the way to the bathroom. On the way to the bathroom. I'm going to give it five as well because this, this is a classic. They don't make them like this anymore. No, they I don't. I kind of <laughs> wish they come back to this sort of thing. Actually, so, looking looking back, it was really it was really cool. Actually, they were just fun films back then. I mean, nobody was worried about offending anybody or just, no. just good clean horror comedy slash whatever and if they just like you said Keith they don't make them anymore and they're enjoyable and anybody can watch well I'm not gonna let Ashley watch this one but he's with me (laughs) but they were letting him watch what do you call it uh jackass the other day ago they fast forwarded through a few things like the bumblebee scene but other than that Dasher was sitting here laughing with everybody else on Memorial Day but I mean they're just they don't make them like that these are just fun they're just just great movies especially if you love horror I mean a lot of people want all that fancy CGI and stuff I get that a lot of kids do but I mean you gotta go back to basics and just watch this really love this stuff yeah I think you need to do a mixture have a mix between class, uh, practical and CGI, and I think you'll yeah. get a better. Yeah, yeah. I wish they'd go. And I think you, I think you have to. I also think you need um, actors that you can have, that you relate to and enjoy as well. You know, not take everything so seriously or trying to look for. Yeah, we don't need everything. We don't need everything with a Shakespearean twist down to it. That's trying to be something more than what it is. Well, so it's kind of a it is kind of a Shakespearean tragedy at the end. I mean, you know, the the good guy. Yeah. Was, I kind of but, thought well, the first time I saw this, though, when he was coming out of the, the monster's body, I thought he was going to live there. I was like, oh, they're <laughs> back. Romance. Yay. No. <laughs> Romeo. My bubble Romeo. got popped. Romeo and Pineal Gland. Romeo and Pineal Gland. Wherefore art thou, Romeo? I'm here, Pineal Gland. To be or not to be, that's the penal gland. But also, did did you have like really interesting, like I'm going to be looking up penal gland stuff all day long. Looking at it all day. (laughs) 
when the monster, the it's monster, oh, is it there? Do you like penal colada and getting caught <laughs> in the rain? <laughs> what were you saying, Leandro? That it was for me was really interesting. Like when when they were in the basement and that um, monster ate him. Then when yeah. they stopped the machine, the, the monster hasn't ate him. It was a kind of like it was all in his mind for me. You think so that's a hair. good way to look <laughs> that's at a good it? Idea. Yeah, he got his hair sucked off, didn't he? Did he actually <laughs> cut his hair for the movie? I couldn't find anything for that. He probably, he probably did. No one Yeah, he probably did. He's such I mean, a good. They, they are good sports. They don't make actors like that. When he did, when he did Frighteners, he walked around with that haircut. When, when he did Frighteners, he yeah. Fox. So he actually had his haircut like that to walk around, and he was walking around um, New Zealand like that. Well, I went into the barbers the other day and I said, how much is it for a haircut? And he said, 15 pounds. I says, and how much is it for a shave? He says, five pounds. I says, well, shave me head. If you like <laughs> penal colada and getting caught in the rain. <laughs> Dave's into the pints already. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I'm Austin Lugo. I'm Andrew Harp. This is With Nothing to Say. And let's talk about movies. With over 3,000 films log, Andrew and I, best friends since middle school, have dedicated our lives to watching, making, and talking about movies. Each week, Andrew and I handpick a movie he's seen, I've seen, or neither of us have seen, and dive deep into anything and everything to wannabe cinephils could ever think of. From horror to dramedy, we do it all. So join us as we talk about everything movies, and maybe you too can become a bona fide cinephil. Well, on that note, that brings us to the end of this podcast. My class A drugs. <laughs> Next month, we'll be covering book to screen. We'll be covering Battle Royale, the classic Japanese novel that has actually outsold more copies in the Bible. And we'll be covering the classic film from 1994, I think. Um, also, next week, we'll be covering our make remake, which will be Dawn of the Dead, the 1970s. 1978 film and the remake from 2001. Um, of course, our 80s will be covering Night of the Comet and Night of the Creeps, which are two classic films that no one should ever miss in their whole lives. And of course, we'll be covering Dark Shadows. I'm carrying on from there. Um, so remember, next month for Book the Screen will be Battle Royale, the Japanese classic novel, and the film of the same name. So it's good night for myself and good night, Craig. Good night, everybody. God bless the Queen. <laughs> <laughs> good night, David. Uh, good night. If you like penal colada. <laughs> good night. <laughs> <laughs> good night, Leandro. Good night. Good night, Vix. Good night, guys. And we'll see Bye. you next week for Make Remake, Dawn of the Dead, 1978, and Dawn of the Dead from 2001 or whatever. Talk to you soon. We'll figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> It's on the website. Come on. Yeah. <laughs>